Hello folks, hope you're well, hope you're enjoying your day, your week, your wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and uh, hope you're staying safe. We are still, still, oh, can't even speak properly today. We're still in uh, lockdown here in the United Kingdom. I'm sure you are wherever you are, whatever you're going through amid this coronavirus uh, pandemic that the world is going through. So this has given ample opportunity to a whole lot of us to utilize our time in ways that we were normally too busy to do or didn't focus on doing, did too many other things or put the focus on the wrong things. So um, I hope the last few weeks of the CDTV podcast has been helping you. I hope today's really going to help you. And uh, let's get straight into it. Let's get uh, down to what I want to share with you, what's on my heart for you. And... Uh, and I hope this is going to help you. You know, this week I was um, I was flicking through social media. I was on Instagram, and um, there's a gentleman that I have to follow. I've read uh, most of his books. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's an epigenetist, epigeneticist. Can't even say the word properly. Anyway, he's a, a leading voice in epigenetics. That's um, study above the gene. You know, we talk a lot about genetics in in medicine and. Hereditary conditions, we call them in the church, hereditary curses, um, hereditary sickness, hereditary disease, these kinds of things. But there is a whole level of study above that called epigenetics, which is above the gene. Things that uh, take place not at a genetic level in our human being, but above that or outside of that, beyond that. And um, this week, Dr. Joe Dispenza put a post out on Instagram and he posed a question. And the question, ironically, is also the title of this week's uh, podcast, and that is, what is the greatest expression of me would I like to be? What is the greatest expression of me would I like to be? It's an interesting question, but given that we're all going through a global pandemic at the moment, given that um, we're all going through this situation where we find ourselves to have a lot of time on our hands because we can't go out and we can't do things that we normally would have done. There are not the normal daily distractions in place other than Netflix and TV and YouTube. Oh, gosh, YouTube. Uh, I have to fight that demon every day. I'm joking. That's, YouTube's not a demon. The desire to go down the rabbit hole, that's a demon to me. But I, I began to think about this whole topic because, you know, particularly for us as believers, us in the church, we have this real aversion to anything that is truly scientific you know I grew up in a in the Anglican Church at the start of my faith walk and from there became a Pentecostal and when I was in the Word of Faith Pentecostal Church I found that there was this real aversion and anger towards anything that was remotely scientific because science couldn't explain faith well I've learned through this life that I've lived that I'm not looking for science to explain faith because faith is something science could never be but by the same token I cannot ignore a whole lot of science I mean there's a lot that I disagree with you know I don't believe in the Big Bang Theory and things like that that's science but I do believe there are elements of science that we as believers really should pay attention to. And because of that, I've studied a lot in the areas of neuro-linguistic programming, cognitive behavior, and certainly cognitive behavioral therapy, and also be really beginning to understand over the last 12 months this whole new science, because it's less than 20 years old, called epigenetics, and how the very genome within us 
reacts to certain things within our psyche, within our brain, and that changes our life. And we can change so much about ourselves just by changing the way you think. Yes, I hear you saying, wow, that's what Paul wrote in Romans, isn't it? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I beseech thee, brethren, to present thyselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, and be not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of the mind. And there are several Greek words that I know a lot of, of um, theologians and scholars use, but one of the, the Greek words for mind is the word psyche, from which we get psychological, psychotherapy, uh, psychotherapy uh, uh, psychiatrist, various derivatives of that. But that psyche is the subconscious mind. So here, 2,000 years ago, Paul is writing to the church in Rome and already telling them there is a pattern of behavior that is programmed into you from birth that did not transfer to you from your ancestors, but it is a learned pattern of behavior. And your life and your perception of who you are and your being is defined by who speaks into you, the things around you, the things that you accept and believe about yourself. So fast forward 2000 years, and I've really begun to understand that so much of our whole existence, in fact, the expression of who I really am as a human being is defined by the things I think, the things I've heard and believed through the years, the things I've experienced, things that are outside of me that I internalized and took on as being part of me. You all probably know what I'm talking about. How many years have you seen people that really didn't amount to much because for years they were told you'll never amount to anything and they believe that and the belief in those words changed and altered their existence to the extent that whatever potential they had to achieve at any level from the lowest to the highest they threw away or disregarded or was destroyed through external influence and external inputs. So I'm asking you today, I'm just playing with my microphone, I'm asking you today to ask yourself what is the greatest expression of you that you would like to be? Not how do you see yourself now because that's the start of where the journey we got to take, but where do you see yourself at the highest level that you could possibly attain for your life, for your person, for your being, for your marriage, for your relationships, for your ministry, your business, your whatever it is. What is the greatest expression of you that you would like to see? Now you've got to start from this place of asking yourself, where do I see myself right now? That's not a look at your life as it is and accepting what is right now. That's where today, as I project my mind forward to look at my future, where is it I see myself in the future at my greatest expression of who I could be? Where is it I see myself now? What is my perception of who I am in the future from today's standpoint? Do I see myself doing these incredible world-changing exploits that I think I could do? Or is my projection of 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now still exactly the same as all the negative junk that I've believed for however many years of your life you've believed it? See, if I was to look at my own life now at 43, I know that I'm not where I thought I should be by now. 
Yet today I can still look at my life 20 years from now and see the most incredible life that I will have lived over the next 20 years and achieved huge goals, so much bigger than myself, so much more outside of myself, that that projection of who I'm aiming to be draws me through the problems I've got to go through to get to where I want to be. So you ask yourself, where do I see myself now? Don't ignore where you are actually at. Take a look around and, and survey your life as it is at the moment, but don't accept that as being acceptable. Don't say, okay, I'm happy with this, because you could never, if you're going to change, accepting where you are at now, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we looked at mediocrity and mundane thinking, accepting where you're at now as being acceptable is not the catalyst for change. You have to look at what you're going through and what you're experiencing right now and go, this is not enough. There has got to be more. If you missed that podcast, it was, uh, uh, I think it's two episodes before this one. Go back, listen to that. It'll really bless you. And then come back to this and, and ask yourself then, so seeing where I think I can be now and knowing I'm going to have to change things about me, change my thought pattern to influence things within my life on an, an epigenetic level, to create the kind of change I need to make, where is it or, or what areas of my life are the things that I can identify and not how they should be? Now, I can tell you that with me, poor mindset was a major key. I didn't need anybody to have a pity party for me because by gosh, I could have the most amazing pity parties on my own, why? because I had such a poor mindset, such a poor self-image, such a poor um, um, opinion of myself, because I had bought into and accepted for years what other people had said about me. I allowed their words, their thoughts, their negative expressions of who I was to become the very thing that defined me. And we go through it. You know, the, the, there's a belief amongst the Roman Catholic Church that says, give us a child for the first seven years of their life and they'll be a Catholic for the rest of their life. Because in the first seven years of your life, your whole belief system is being defined by the inputs into your life. And, and ironically, everything you learn about life or, or learn about, um, you know, developing your mindset, developing your imagination, developing this emotional existence life, and I'm not talking about living purely on emotions, but everything you're, you're influenced by, the biggest influences happen in the first seven years of our life. Guess who it is we spend our lives with around those eras? That's right, most of the inputs, most of the expressions are our parents. So I guess in many ways, you should blame your parents for the fact that you're a screwed up mess right now. That's a joke, okay? I'm just using it as, a, as an expression for you to you understand that the early influences in your life may not have been necessarily the right ones. Or what you've learned has shaped and, and defined your existence subconsciously without you even realizing. But when you begin to understand, and I'll, I'll try and make epigenetics a nutshell for you, when you begin to understand this particular science, you have to understand that changing my thought pattern 
will change my emotional experiences and my body will respond based on how I am thinking to create the change I need to make in my life. See, one of the most incredible understandings I ever came to was knowing that the mind, my subconscious mind, which for many of us is in fact our entire body because we react emotionally, we've conditioned our body to these incredible emotional reactions and responses based on what we go through. My mind cannot differentiate between a memory and the actual event. So every time I keep replaying a bad memory, every time I keep going through a bad experience or a, a joyous experience or you know something I went through that brought me pain and misery or happiness and, and ecstasy and whatever it is, my body emotionally, chemically responds in such a way as if I'm actually reliving that thing right now because it doesn't know the difference between a memory and an experience. There's no filter. So most of us have these painful, hurtful experiences in our life. And then years later, we replay them over and over. And every time we do it, your body is reacting to you based on the fact that it thinks that thing is happening right now, not I'm replaying a memory. So your, your brain replays these things in the subconscious your body reacts based on what it's experiencing, which it determines is happening now. It's not a memory that I'm reliving. And then your body creates a chemical response in your nervous system that it then becomes addicted to and constantly looks for the same stimulus to create that chemical response. That's why you know, um, psychologists and psychotherapists and psychiatrists, they talk about dopamine responses in the brain. You know, we, we create these joyful experiences and our body, uh, our brain emits dopamine. Our body becomes addicted to that response and now it's constantly looking for another way to create that. And that happens in a negative and positive attitude. Um, a positive response, I should say, negative and positive response, because you can go through negative experiences, negative mindsets, negative memories, and your body still emit chemicals that your body then in turn becomes addicted to and keeps replaying the negative that you're trying to get away from because your body needs that chemical reaction to function because it is... Okay, basically what I'm trying to say is we're making ourselves into chemical junkies. We don't need cocaine and heroin and marijuana and all manner of external drugs. Just keep replaying good or bad memories and your body will interpret those as experiences, release chemicals, and you, your, your human physical being will become addicted to the chemical response you have to the memories that you're, you're replaying. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, if you want to change your life, you've got to change the way your mind thinks. This is why Paul said to us, being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of the mind, the psyche. It's a powerful, powerful thought when you truly understand it, that my future depends on my ability to see my future and live now as if that future is actually happening. Why? Because like I've kept saying for the last few minutes, your body doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So if you can imagine the life that you want, if you can imagine your greatest expression of yourself 
20 years from now and live your life now like that was actually who you are, your whole nervous system, your whole body will become completely transformed by a change in a thought pattern. Now, just like any drug that you're trying to, to get over, and, and I've had to, you know, I've had um, prescription drugs that were given to me because of um, illness that um, I started and I had a very bad reaction to, but I couldn't just stop because of the chemical imbalance it would create in my, my blood supply, my body system, that I had to wean myself off over a few days before I could stop taking them completely, even though they were making me ill. My point proved exactly. So this whole system of changing the way we think is not something you, you don't just wake up today and go, right, I'm just going to think positively for the rest of my life. You're going to have to overcome the fact that chemically, internally, your body is going to crave the chemical reactions it's used to. Look at, okay, I can give you an example from my own life. So a couple of years back, I decided to do the Daniel Fast. Many of you know it. If you don't, if, if you don't know it, I, it's a phenomenal 21-day fast you can try. And uh, I'd recommend anybody to do it at least once. But they tell you for 10 days to prepare your body. In other words, to start cutting down on the things that you're not supposed to eat during the time of the fast. Yeah. Did I listen? Did I? Heck. No, I thought I was Mr. Clever. I'm way too educated for this. I know what I'm doing. Well, I hit the fast completely unprepared just 21 days of going from drinking 15, 16 cups of coffee and more sugar than my body should ever have in a week in, in 24 hours to nothing overnight. No bread, no flour, no, you know, no starch, no, no caffeine, no sugar. Oh my word, three days into it, I am crying my eyes out in the middle of the night. The pain in my body was intense. It was in the marrow in my bones. Why? because my body was addicted to the caffeine. It was addicted to the sugar. It was addicted to the, to the, the uh, carbohydrates. And the withdrawal symptoms were horrendous. So your body is gonna fight the change in your thought pattern because it's addicted to what you're currently producing. But Paul reminds us that we have to change the way that we think. And Dior wants to remind you, you change, my, my mentor, Dr. Murdoch, said to me once, can't change your life till I change the way you think. Didn't understand the power of those words at the time he said it. When I read a year's worth of, of um, materials on epigenetics, oh my word, did I understand that. Cannot change your life till you change the way you think. Your thought pattern, the things you think are defining your very existence. Because they're shaping your words, they're shaping your emotions, they're shaping your physical chemical responses and that is truly defining who you are. So the expression of who you are now is defined by the memories and the chemicals within your body and they create an external response because how you're responding to God externally, how you're responding to the things that are in your life, how you're responding by faith is being shaped by how you're responding internally. And we live so much in these bitter memories, in these painful experiences, because we, we become just like drug addicts, we become addicted to them. And fighting that and learning to change that and breaking that cycle of pain and that cycle of emotional chemical addiction and dependency on negative experience and negative thought patterns is going to be one of the hardest things that you ever do. But until you do it, you will not change your life. You will not 
become the greatest expression of who you could be because nothing you're doing in that cycle is creating the greatest expression of who you could be internally and if it's not happening internally it'll never happen externally we have to change from the inside out and, and so many of us spend so much of our life i've done it so i know what i'm talking about where we buy things and we look for external stimuli to be the catalyst for the change. We're trying to make ourselves feel good about who we are, about what we're going through, about the existence that we're living, rather than st stopping, taking stock of what we're going through, taking stock of who we are, taking stock of our situation. And in doing so, examining our thought process, examining the things that you know really are messing us up and making a conscious, subconscious decision to create change and it's going to take practice you know the scripture says that if we meditate in the word that'll change your thought pattern when you when you take time every day when you take time every day to focus your learning on becoming a better person on changing your thought pattern on changing who you are that'll move you towards it you know they, they say that um, we should all spend at least five hours a week on focused learning on on focus imagine what your life would be like if you took an hour every day five days of, out of seven to learn you to learn what makes you tick who you really are who you think you could be imagine the kind of person you'd become because you'll think your way into that i remember my mentor telling me to read total recall by arnold schwarzenegger many years ago and i, I never understood why he, it was so important till I understood what he was trying to, to get me to comprehend by reading that book because years ago before he was famous when he lived in Austria and was just a bodybuilder Schwarzenegger had a dream to live in California put a picture of Los Angeles on his gym wall his bedroom wall wherever it was I can't remember offhand and lived his life like he lived there until one day the dream became a reality whatever your dream is for your life You've got to live into that, but you've got to live that now. I'd ha I dream of having a huge global ministry and I'm having to recondition my thoughts to live that now. I had to, I used to do things with such inconsistency, right? I, when I started podcasting, I did one episode, then I was several weeks and I did another episode. So I had to change my mindset to whatever happens every week, I have to sit down and record a podcast. Every week I have to sit down and do one live stream. Now, in the coming days, I've got to get back into doing my YouTube channel and condition myself, condition myself, condition myself so that after several weeks of doing it, what, I, what became a conscious decision becomes a completely new neural pathway that I've written in my life by changing the way that I think. And I now do it instinctively. That's why we, you know, they talk about the instinctive nature. That's, you've just learned to do something so well, you do it without even thinking because your subconscious is, has this neural pathway, this, this um, let's say this roadmap within you that it just follows most of us that drive know what i'm talking about you get to destinations that you've been to day after day after day and then sometimes you have to stop and think how did i get here 
Do, do I have to concentrate? Well, I learned to drive. You had to, you know, mirror signal maneuver, MSM. That was a mirror signal maneuver. You got to check your mirrors. Got to make sure you signal. Then you pull out, and and every 30 to 60 seconds, you you quick look in your rearview mirror. Quick look. I had to think about depressing the clutch and putting the the, the car in gear, and then when I change gear, got to make sure I'm, I'm conscious of the first few months of driving them, making sure I've pressed the clutch. I drive now. I don't even think about it. There are days when I've driven from where I live to London, get to London, and think, how on earth did I get you? Because it was subconscious, it was second nature. Did it without even thinking about it. This is what God's trying to make us understand when we understand the power of the mind and when we understand the influences that we can have looking at the science of epigenetics and combining that with my faith that God is trying to get you to live your life at your greatest expression, but to do it instinctively now so that it becomes second nature. And you by accident, become the very thing you thought you could be. Now, the Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. So I just need to clarify something. That's not God will give you the things you want. It's being so intimate with God, God will give you what to want for your life. And we practice those things so so frequently that they write neural pathways in our, in our mind, in our body, and our body reacts to those things instinctively and by second nature, you become the greatest expression of who you can be, which is God's highest purpose for your existence. I'm kind of hoping I make sense. I know where I was trying to get to, but whether we've got there or not, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, are your thoughts becoming experiences? Negatively or positively, good or bad, are your thoughts, your desire to change your thoughts, to think better about yourself, to live better, are the things that you're meditating on becoming your experience? Because if they're becoming your experience, then they are altering your emotional state. And your emotional state is altering your existence. It all works hand in hand. We don't live in our emotions alone, but we have... So a friend of mine used to say this, you can't be, you, you, you can be emotional without being spiritual, but you can't be spiritual without involving your emotions. So when we're trying to create this greatest expression of who we are as a spirit being living an, eter- an ethereal life, are the things that you're thinking becoming experiences, are those experiences shaping and driving your emotions and are those emotions driving your existence? What I'm asking you is, are you reacting to life or you, are you creating life within you? Because what you create internally will always spill out externally. The thought patterns that you create, the, the goals that you envisage, the mindset that required to look at your life as you see it 25 years from now and become that person, not 25 years from now, but now. To become the embodiment of what you see for yourself at your greatest, your highest expression, and to become so in tune with that, that your thought pattern changes so much, you become that now. You know, I would hate for you to live life and to have died now and still live another 50 years because you bought into and accepted the emotional, the, the, the um, thought pattern, thought state of who you are right now, not what you could be, who you could be, at your greatest expression of who you are and that is God's highest purpose for your life. So 
we need to get before the Holy Spirit every day. We need to understand what it is he's trying to shape us into, who it is he's trying to shape us into, and get that into our thought pattern so that that thought pattern then creates the, the imprint, the Holy Spirit print, the, holy, the, the, the divine picture of your life in the years to come and makes you that person now because you live that in this current existence. I'm telling you, friends, I'm making a conscious decision in my life right now that I have to make major changes to be who I think I could be, to be everything I could be, to be God's greatest expression for my life, my greatest expression of who I could be as a person. But if I don't make those changes, they'll never happen. Nobody outside of you will change you enough to make you into God's highest, God's greatest expression of who you could be his highest purpose for your life. You have to make the changes for yourself. You have to put your hands in his hands and let him guide you in his word and guide you in his way and make you into who he thinks you could be, who he created you to be. And you have to buy into that belief yourself so that you will become by nature the very embodiment of what you see for yourself at your highest, your greatest expression of who you are so i hope that helps hope that makes sense hope you're enjoying the podcast if you are let me know you can email me cdtv at mail.com cdtv at mail.com and don't forget to go on over to amazon get a copy of my new book hashtag mx more the scripture says god will make you a thousand times more so i took a few roman numerals made it into a book title hashtag mx more just look up for Kyrie endure or uh, you'll find it on Amazon. It's cheap. It's like six bucks. Not expensive at all. And uh, it'll bless you. Um, find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm just there, Bishop Dior. YouTube. Make sure you're checking out my YouTube channel. going to start putting st- stuff on there. And join us every week on Facebook Live as we do a live stream. I'm hoping to be able to get that onto uh, YouTube as well at some point in the near future. Uh, simultaneously, live at the same time. But until next week, have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Stay inside. Do what we're told to do. Uh, Stay out of trouble. And uh, I'll be praying for you and your family that God would really speak to you. Use this time wisely. Use this time to really begin to create new thoughts and new life in you. We're all on lockdown. Every country across the world is experiencing some form of lockdown, some more extreme than others. But friends, come out of it completely different. Use the time to become closer. If not one step, two steps, three steps, ten steps, a hundred steps, a thousand steps, closer to becoming the greatest expression of who you could be. So until the next time we speak, have a wonderful day, have a wonderful week. Stay blessed, stay safe, and I'll speak to you all soon.